Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Today we are listening to part two of our talk with Master Joshua. Master Joshua is a kink educator, coach, healer, lifestyle, and professional dominant from New York City. He has been involved with the leather community for the last 15 years, and today's episode, we will be focusing more on topics related to that. If you want to hear more about Master Joshua's origins and coming out story, then make sure to go back and have a listen to part one of our talk together. A friendly reminder to anyone just tuning in, this podcast is reserved for audiences 18 years and older. With that said, let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more leather talk. So you mentioned to me earlier about uh, an uncle that you had who was also a leather man. Yeah. So, uh, and this is actually my first experience in leather and BDSM. Uh, oh, wow. I was five years old. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Your first experience in leather was at five. Oh, wow. No, listen, listen, listen. I was visiting him in uh, in, in Queens. Uh, I was there with my mom, my, my dad, and uh, I was crawling. I was looking, you know, Curious little kid peeking around the room, and I came across a box of VHS tapes underneath his bed. Mm. And uh, I put it into the player, and the scene came up of these people in robes and someone on a St. Andrew's cross getting flogged. And I was like, what is this going on, right? So, uh, you know, it, it intrigued me. And that was the first time I saw, I saw anything kink-related. So this wasn't recall. necessarily pornography then. It was, or oh, was it? Was it? Porn. Oh, born. okay, okay. It was born. I believe the person on the St. Andrew's Cross was was naked. Uh, but, you know, you don't, none of that shit clicks at mm-hmm. that age, right? Uh, fast forward, he died of AIDS in the uh, late 80s. Oh, wow. And I wasn't technically close with him, right? I remember going to his house, but, oh, he was also a photographer, right? A gay leather man photographer. It sounds like someone I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So fast forward to uh, present day, a couple of years ago, and I was doing a photo shoot and a picture that came out and I looked like my uncle in leather in the picture. When I saw the picture is when the light bulbs went off. My cousin, my uncle used to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up speaking with a cousin of mine who passed away recently who was connected with him back in that in those days and we would speak about what life was like for my uncle you know in his journey through through his sexuality right but one of the things i get asked a lot is if i had any mentors in the leather community and the short answer i i would say yes but very 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 lightly nothing that was impactful beyond validating a lot of the shit that i had to learn the hard way mm-hmm. And, you know, there was no one that I had to ask questions. I had no one to lean on. There was, there was desires and curiosities that I couldn't turn to anyone with. So 
I didn't. A couple months ago, someone asked me the question, and I realized that had my uncle lived, I could have had someone, and mm. I don't. And I mourn that because that was an opportunity to pass forward this history. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to know. I want to know your experience. I want to know how and why. And validation is fucking important, man. Yeah. Validation is, and I didn't, I'm the type of person that if it's your job, if it's your responsibility, why the fuck do I have to pat you on the back? I realized I'm the minority in that category, that I don't need that pat, back pat, patting mm-hmm. to, to be okay, generally speaking. I didn't understand the importance of validation and affirmation until just a few years ago. Yeah. What the fuck have I been doing to people this whole time? With that being said, I wish I would have seen it, and then maybe if I experienced it myself, I would have understood the importance of it. But here we are today, and thankfully I've learned my lesson a couple years ago, mm-hmm. a few years ago, and, and that's since changed. I mean, there was no model for you growing up. And then when you seeked affirmation for the first time with your therapist, you didn't get that. And so you had to learn how to trudge forward without needing that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it's difficult. It's difficult. I, I got one hell of a story that's a fucking tearjerker and a half, but it's nothing to do with this. And it has to do with... Uh, Life after death, but that's a whole other topic. (laughs) (laughs) Part four with Master Joshua. Um, No, wow. I think that is so incredible that, like, you didn't even know that he was a leather man. And had he been around, he could have been a mentor to you. Like, your experience for as little communication that you had with him at that early age, like, you're like a second generation leather man in your family. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And it's cool to hear that and to because my parents know about the lifestyle and they know they, they know a lot more than they want to know. We actually had a, a conflicting period of time lasted maybe two years that we just got over a year and uh, two years, two to three years ago. Being a professional dom mm-hmm. means it can mean anything, right? Depending on my interpretation of what services I offer. Is it sex work? And at the end of the day, yes. Is my approach to it strictly sex or sexual engagements? For me, no. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't know that because we don't have the top the conversations to know that, right? So my dad retired five years ago. <laughs> like he just threw it two two weeks' notice and he's like, That's it, I'm retiring, and caught everyone by surprise and they moved from New York to Fort Lauderdale with my sister. And down there, I have a brother who's, uh, he's older than I am. He's racist and he's religious and he's a pig. And Are you zipping up your pants? What were you doing no, earlier? No, 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 no. The, uh, the zipper stuck. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I cut ties with him years ago because of his view on anything but heterosexuality. And I had no issues doing that shit because you don't preach hate. I don't surround myself with that shit. Yeah. And brother or not, that ship is out. Uh, so anyway, so when they went to Florida, what I think happened is he told them his version of what I do professionally. Oh. And it changed their views on me to where I was down there for Fetish Factory for a convention. And I asked them if they wanted me to come by and they turned me down. Wow. Right? And I was, my heart was broken. 
because I've been supported this whole time. Like, we've had our fights and shit like that, yeah, but you shut the door on me. Yeah. For something that's, first of all, none of their business. Right? I, I have no idea where it came from, but I was also in a time of my life where I'm dealing with this cancel culture shit. Yeah. And I had so much on my fucking plate, I just shut the door. And I was okay with that. Time went on, two years went by, and my sister finally talked us into meeting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were here in New York visiting someone, and she said that my parents missed me. And I missed them too. Like, you know, uh, I share my life with you. I tell you about myself to the best that I can. You know, I'm not going into detail about what I did. I didn't go into detail on what I did. But so I agreed to have lunch with them. No hostility. It was like nothing, like, it wasn't like nothing happened, but we were happy to see each other. And I led with what I do for work. And I spoke about the therapeutic relief, the transitions, the transformations people have through this work, the healing that it brings for people. You know, I, I help people heal and accept their sexual identities. Yeah. You know, I'm a sounding board. I sit there and I listen and I talk with you about who you are and I validate you and I see you and I hear you. I heal people. That's what my profession allows me to do. When we do our sessions, it's to affirm these feelings that you have. It's to show you that, yes, it, you can feel this way and you can feel okay and you can feel safe doing this. Right? And that these experiences should be benchmarks for what you're looking to achieve in your relationships, right? I'm not trying to be anyone's boyfriend or girlfriend or I'm trying to show you what we're, what you're capable of experiencing with another human being. You know, what's interesting is you're providing a service to people that you lacked growing up. You didn't get to receive growing up necessarily. I never thought about it like that. Oh my God. (laughs) Another aha moment for you. (laughs) Send me the bill. Send me the bill. (laughs) Well, did you change their mind about that? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, They, I speak about it openly because we're, what COVID has provided the opportunity for, right? So, wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much for saying that. I've, I've never put those two together. (laughs) I've never put those two together. Um, So, in my venture out to the BDSM community here in New York and not feeling at home anywhere, I started hosting my own parties with my then partner. And we developed a certain feel for our events. And while hosting events, one of my priorities is to make sure I meet everyone that comes through the door. Right? And we're not making hand over fist money. We, we have 20 to 50, 60 guests, depending on the event. But I want to meet everyone that comes through the door, and I want to create that space for them to explore openly, right? Mm-hmm. No roles, no dom, no sub, no this, that. Yeah, we all have the roles. But move past that and connect with what you want as a person, not whatever role you want to fulfill. Right? Everyone's got everything. Everyone has yeah. part dom. Everyone's got part sub. There's very, very, very few people that are on the extreme ends of these that don't budge. Everyone else mm-hmm. falls on a spectrum. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the biggest fucking slave bottom in the world, right? But my journey has required me to not be that, Yeah. right? I Believe me, I don't want to lead shit. I want to wake up, be told what to do, go do it, and go to bed. 
that's it. <laughs> right? Easy, simple. Yeah. I just want that shit, but that shit ain't happening, right? Cat, you hear that? <laughs> uh, so it required me to create and to build and to learn and to listen a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I had my first opportunity to do a pro session was with this gentleman who worked for customs and he wanted to be humiliated, degraded, and have some pup play. At the end of that first session that I ever did, the look in his eyes told me this is where I need to be. Wow. Because he was whole again. He had pride in himself. There was something that clicked that changed his life in that moment. I joined the military after high school with the hopes of service. I want to help. I went from that into law enforcement with the idea of service. I want to help. That's, they both know. From there, I went into private contracting where I do executive protection. And there, I was working with some clients that I was helping, and shit was happening. So you're saying you didn't feel like you were, at least the level of service that you wanted to be at in the military and as a law enforcement? I want to change people's, I want to help people. Like I see. I want, I want to affect someone's life because they need the help to move forward. Right. Oh, I see. In like a deep and meaningful way. Yeah. Like but, okay. you know, we don't know the words. We don't know the context as until we get life experience, right? So this is right. our progression. So I see how this man's life is affected. And I'm like, I need to be here. This feels right. So time goes on and I'm, I'm gaining all this experience from all these connections I'm having at parties. I'm, I'm, connect, I'm playing. I'm doing a lot of scenes. I'm learning a lot of techniques. I'm sitting and I'm listening. That is the most important thing we could do is invest time in the connections. Everything comes after that, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't want to play with somebody I don't know. If I had a choice, which we do have choices, on top of that, it feels good when someone listens to you. Right? Mm-hmm. Create the same for someone else and connect. So I, get, I was gaining more knowledge and data collecting just from listening to all these people, hundreds and hundreds of people a month for six or seven years. <laughs> wow. I listen to a lot of fucking people. And the way I see things is like a formula, right? We all have formulas that identify us. Mm-hmm. You have characteristics, right? Then the formulas are characteristics, uh, shit like that, things that define you, right? I can look at you and say, this is that type of person, right? I know you from looking in your fucking eyeballs because I've looked in so many eyeballs. I can, I see things. So when I connect now professionally as a pro dom, when I sit with someone in front of me, I know where they're going because I've, I know them because I can feel that energy and I can feel what they're putting out and I can feel the insecurities and the confidence and the curiosities because we, we all have so much in common. It's absurd. So in some ways, are you saying like over the years, talking to so many people, having experiences with so many people, you've become sensitive to understanding certain energies and and certain like body language communications to where you can kind of look at someone and kind of see where they're coming from? I I can see the entire entire picture, Mm -hmm. the entire projection, where you're at and where you should be. If you let everything go, Mm-hmm. Right, your maximum potential, I can smell it, right? But I've honed mm-hmm. this because 
if you want to be somewhere, you're going to give it 100%. And every person I stood in front of that was real with me, I was real with them. And we spoke, and I listened, and I learned, and I felt, and I empathized with them. When you, when you see this person, and you're looking into their energy and everything, do you see where they're going to be? I see, I see where you would be if you release all your fears mm-hmm. and you trust me, right? It's like... Let, so you have a vision. I, I, have, I, I have like a projection type of vision of who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's so instinctual, the freedom that comes with it. Because it's not... What I want to do is I want to give you the platform so you can see yourself. Right, we're gonna sit. We're gonna talk, and I'm gonna ask you very specific questions that are gonna make you think very specific thoughts, so that we can cut through all of this stuff right to the core, so that you can sit yeah. in front of me, and when you speak to me, when I ask you a question and you respond, you're gonna do it without fearing. What am I gonna say or think? Because all the way up until this point, we validated each other. Right? Yeah. I've seen you and I've heard you and we've spoken and I believe you and you're safe and anything you say will not shock me. Immediately you build a rapport and trust with this person and I wonder how many people sit with you and get that validation for the first time in their whole life. And that's the thing, right? We, we are conditioned to listen to respond. Mm-hmm. Very rarely, it takes training to be able to just sit and listen, right? And just yeah. tell me, dude, I, I just want to hear. Oh, now, now when you say something, you're going to say something, you're going to give me a word that's going to give me the next question mm-hmm. because I want you to define that for yourself. You're not telling me for me. You're telling me to make yourself real. You're telling me so you can acknowledge I exist right here. This is who I am. Yeah. Right. And that is powerful. It's scary. But once you say it, once you say it, you can't unring, you can't unring that bell. Right. right? You, you've acknowledged that. And you sit in that feeling, the fear, the shame, the freedom, the confidence that comes from that. Right. That's what, that's what my process has developed to. Right. So my pro sessions, they did, how I began was very informative, important, life-changing. Uh, it changed my views on everything, and including myself. Um, one of the other things it reminded me is that I have to continue my journey as a person, too. Not as Master Joshua, pro-dom, fucking extraordinaire. <laughs> Cheap plugging. Uh, not, not Master Joshua, but Joshua. Right, the man who desires the person, the person who desires to be a master and a slave, a top and a bottom. Right, I'm all over this fucking spectrum, and I want to feel it all. I envy. I, I, for years, I had envied subspace and knowing what that feels like, because I've never experienced it. Mm-hmm. But I've given it to so many people through our sessions, fucking hundreds to see this freedom that I can help people feel 
that I've never been able to taste myself. And it's so because I'm afraid to let go with people, right? Because in order for me to let go, I have to not analyze what you're doing. But I've been doing this shit for so long, I analyze everything. Does this have anything to do also with like, (laughs) do you think the day that you're able to walk out in full drag that you might be able to give trust to somebody? Or is this a separate thing where you're like, I've just done this so long that now I, I know your tricks and all of your incidents. <laughs> like, no, I know no, all the no, tricks. No, no. <laughs> I know. I don't think there, I don't think those two are connected. What I do think is the trust I have in my partners beyond the sexual relationship. Mm. I want, I need to help because there's also, I'm, I'm really popular for what I do. I've been doing this for a long time. And sometimes there is, an intimidation factor that I'm observing everything, right? So everyone works very slowly or are afraid to take the liberties with me because they know my apprehension of all of it to begin with, right? So it's been a lot of give and receive and a lot of give and take in communicating. I I need you to do this. Please take it. I'm not looking. I'm, I'm not looking. I'm not judging. Have the confidence to handle me. And I will tell you if it's too much, right? Because that those are the level of play that I look for sometimes. Like I'm, I'm a heavy. I love fi- being fisted, and I love that. But the work in trusting yourself, in putting your hand in me, that you're not going to hurt me, right? Even if I'm telling you harder, and if there's a little blood in the lube, right? I'm giving you that permission, right? It's, it's a whole, yeah. No. Back, back and forth of permission and energy that we struggle with, right? So, wow. Whew. Oh my God. <laughs> I have to say, this is one of the more, I think, deep conversations we've had over Leather Talk. I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Oh, so, so that's been the progression of the program. Now, where I'm at, where it, would bring, where it brings me today within my role in the leather community and how I see it moving forward once we can start connecting again. Uh, I've transitioned to counseling-based NTSB, which stands for non-traditional sexual behavior sessions, right? And the reason why I call it non-traditional sexual behavior or NTSB instead of BDSM is because it's more palatable for people who are afraid of the phrase BDSM, right? Everyone hears it and it's like, oh my God, whips and chains and knives and you're fucking losing limbs and shit. And it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Right. It has everything to do with being seen and heard and being validated. Right. So I've transitioned my pro dom sessions to be a lot more involved in the development of self-identity. On top of that, I just started doing an end of life doula program to help those with advanced age or illness heal with their identities as well before transitioning to afterlife. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because one of the biggest fears and one of the saddest things is seeing people who would die without fulfillment of yeah. them of of self or right? self-acknowledgement right yeah. so that's that's where covid has brought me is mm-hmm. i want to be of service to those who need healing and i think this is the best way i can do that it's so interesting that you said healing cuz right as a, as you said that i thought you're a healer like that's exactly what went into my head right before you said looking for healing it doesn't matter what vehicle you're using but it seems like you're out to 
bring healing to people. Yeah. Um, well, I I know I feel like we can talk about this whole thing <laughs> for like five four hours. Okay. Um, is it okay for us to get maybe a little more dirty? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So, I mean, you brought up fisting. You're, you you love fisting. What what are some of your other, like, highlights? Oh, what, what are your man, other fetishes? Right? All right, so fetishes. Fisting, I love. There's a power thing about fisting. And there's, have you ever been fisted? Yeah, um, the first time on accident. <laughs> how'd that get in there how do you get fisted by accident well i was having a really great massage and this guy uh looked down he's like well we have some more time if you want me to do anything he looks down at my crotch area i'm like whatever you want and he starts to finger me and you know my partner's pretty thick i'll, I'll say so i was like okay you can put more fingers in and there's music and there's you know like the there was like incense even. And I, oh my God. I was just like saying more. Yeah, in it. I'm like more. And then pretty soon I felt the thumb go in and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> like, I look at the mirror and I could see like the whole hand. I'm like, oh, is that happening? Is that me? <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, uh, I fisting, I finally successfully received it. I think a year ago, but you know, it was one of those things that you sit with that, Ah, uh, you're like, ah, uh, what does that make me and how do I feel right. about it? And it was hot. That was one of the first things I saw online. I'm like, there's no way that that can happen. Yeah, impossible. <laughs> and it's impossible. And then when it first happened, when I first did it, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm addicted to this. So I'm fisting as much as possible. And it's like it's, it, it's really intense, really hot. Um, so do you like fisting as a bottom or a top? More? Oh, uh, uh, they, they both have... They're both they're two sides of the same invaluable coin, right? It's okay. like I love them both. Have you ever done the the whole like sixty nine fisting? No, not yet. Because or do you have no, to be have, in separate headspace be to, to do both of those at the same time? No, 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 no. I'm a fucking pervert. Like, <laughs> okay. listen, sex is like the shit on line, except for real, uh-huh. and it's fucking nasty and it's raunchy, and it's like it's so because. You're so connected with the person. It's like, I don't give a fuck, right? Like, I want to be so filthy with you (laughs) that, you know. Now, when I say filth, I'm not going. Vomiting is hard for me. I can't do that because the odor, like, really. And I play heavy, 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 right? So vomiting is really tough, right? The odor of that is, it totally rips me out of the head. Has that happened to you? Like on an accidental level or? Yeah. Okay. So I have a, I'm endowed, right? So I, when I get rough, I like to throat fuck, right? I like to, I like to really abuse a face, right? So generally there's no eating prior to play, but sometimes, you know, we forget or we're hungry and we just can't wait. It's like preparing and, for <laughs> anesthesia. Like no eating before appointment. <laughs> Serious, no eating or drinking anything 48 hours before seeing it. <laughs> uh, but because I, I love the saliva, I love the drool, I love the abuse, you know, and I like mm-hmm. being used the same way too, right? I want to be used the same way. Fucking, fucking use me. Fucking, I'm a pig. Spit on me, you know, shit like that. <laughs> it's like, I love that shit. I, I love having, I love being handled. Mm-hmm. Like when the fingers are put in me, as opposed to me asking for the fingers to be put in me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I like worshiping. I like to be worshipped. 
Water sports is big for me. Uh, like piss enemas, you know, it's like the process of that is really fucking erotic. Why did I never? <laughs> how have I never? I'm a water sports boy. Number one. How have I never thought of a piss enema? <laughs> what? Hey, hey, see, you learned something today too. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Um, okay, water sports. How did you discover water sports? Oh, uh, you know, when I was able to sit back and reflect on that, I remember when I would pee on myself as a kid and I would feel it going up my stomach and how good it felt. It's like I didn't want to go. To, I had to go to the bathroom, but I didn't want to get up to do it. Right. So I'll just do it. And, you know, I didn't get into a lot of trouble if I, don't, if I remember correctly. Wait, but, wait, uh, wait, where are you in the house where you're like, pee on myself is a great idea um, right now? In my bed. <laughs> it, it, yeah. But I didn't what the bed. I don't remember how it wasn't a thing, how it was okay. Huh. Uh, I don't, maybe I had a towel. Who knows? I don't, I don't recall, but I remember the warmth of it. Okay. And that's what was enjoyable. For me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And as an adult, how did you figure out that you could sexualize that? Oh, I was curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, can I pee in you? <laughs> it was like okay you know that I, I was 18 i was 18 when i did that shit wow and what about when it comes to like medical play are you into any of that uh medical mm. it's not something that stuck out to me uh do you perform it as a pro dom not necessarily okay uh not necessarily medical play needles i haven't put the time in to make that a specialty for me but also I don't do a lot of role play either. Okay. Right? So my approach to what we're doing is a lot of energy exchange, a lot of affirmations or boundary pushing, endurance, like some very heavy type of impact because my approach to it isn't through the act of the kink, right? Mm-hmm. I don't just flog you, right? The idea is how do you want to feel while you're being flogged? Oh, I see. I want to feel, I want to feel loved. Or I want to feel beaten, you know. I want to feel adored or I want to feel dehumanized, you know. So that's going to determine the flow of the scene. I see. How do you want to feel in it? That's really interesting that you say that because I've only been flogged once and it was great. The guy was, I, I felt loved, I will say, because he would caress me with his hands in between like floggings and come and whisper in my ear. But yeah. I, I can also imagine... Like getting whipped and being like, you're a dirty fuck. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that shit's hot too, right? Yeah. Because especially if you like being handled. Yeah. Like, come here, motherfucker. Just fucking get your fucking ass up against the wall. And yeah. you, get, you do that when you're really close, right? And you're really holding really tight by the throat. You know, it's like, that shit's really, you know, it all depends on the energy. It all depends right. on how are we feeling today right here, right now. In the last, I guess I'll say a couple years, because this last year, who knows what you've done in the last year. It's, it, we're all in lockdown. But <laughs> in the last couple of years, do you have a single sexual experience that just sticks out in your mind that is very memorable to you? I think it's the fisting. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, because fist, it's not, when it comes to fisting or any anal play, and this is my theory on this, we're not afraid of the pain. The pain wouldn't be there if we were if we weren't afraid of the mess. Okay. Right. If we were if we were comfortable prepping, if we were comfortable acknowledging that we wanted or that we had to prep, if you so choose, or 
or not, right? If we can have that discussion about what happens if, and we're both comfortable with the conversation, everything else is easy. Because if you prep and there's a little mess and the person doesn't give a fuck, you keep going. Mm Because you're not afraid and you can let your body go. But if you're afraid, right? Oh my God, I feel like something's coming out. Ah, And so you're going to hold it and and you're going to hate the ride. Because you're so concentrating on what may not even be there because you prepped anyway. And the person said they don't care. In some ways, it's it could be tied back to shame at the end of the day, too. Completely. It's all tied to shame. All of this, every single bit of it. I remember uh, the last day that LA was open before all of the the lockdown, I I went to a bathhouse and this guy wanted to be fisted. Um, We're good friends now. He... He was, he cleaned out and everything. And then once you got deeper and deeper, okay, wasn't that clean. But like, I'm a bottom two. I know like shit happens. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought I cleaned out. And I was like, "Who? I don't care. Like, we're in this already. We're so in it. I really don't care what comes out of your ass right now. <laughs> like, just, and we had a really great experience once I told him like, okay, you know, that's, it's fine. It's fine, you know, because a lot of people, a lot of people, when people hear scat, right, we think of kinks in 100%, like it's Mm -hmm. either zero or 100 degrees, right? 100 miles per hour. Yeah. And that's not the case, right? If we're saying we're okay with the presence of it, then we're not averse to it. Right. 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 So in the sense, we are comfortable with it happening because... It can happen if you're doing anal sex. Right. Anything anally. So that you pull out, it's dirty, you suck a dick. It, it, it's in the right, moment. Potato, but... tomato, right? It's, <laughs> it's uh it, yeah. it, it it is what it is. So uh there I, I some of my limits, like medical play, uh I don't mind blood. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm whipping and I break the skin and like blood starts showing, but if I'm that's because we're connected like that. We have a blood bond. Uh I don't mind that. Uh, uh, breath play is a big thing for me. It's very, there is no safe way to do breath play, just for the record. There's, it can go wrong at any time. Mm. And going unconscious is only a result of, it's not the goal of, it's a, it's a byproduct of the carotid restriction. Mm-hmm. Never aim for the person to pass out when doing breath play. For anyone listening. Ever. And don't do that shit by yourself. Public service announcement. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I know you are you you have a couple other things that you perform on people. I don't know if you're into them, but I'm curious to know your perspective on them. Uh I've heard of about you talking about fire play in the past and also urethral sounding on men and women. <laughs> so, so sounding on women is a no is a no no. Okay. Uh UTIs instant, like it's crazy. Right, there's a huge risk for it. Can can it be done? Yes. Would I do it? No. Okay. Um, on men, yes. It's it's like an incredible feeling. It feels like an orgasm combined with the first pee in the morning. That feeling of ah oh, ah oh, ah oh, that part ah oh, that part. That's what it feels like. Is it scary? Yes. Should you look at it when it happens the first time? Only if you're fucking curious, <laughs> because it's scary. You, yeah. we, you know, who hasn't tried putting something in there and it didn't hurt, right? Right, right. But for some of us, it did, and we never did it again. 
But then I had it done again and, you know, I worked my way back to it. Sounding I enjoy, I lost. <laughs> so I was doing a session once and I had the sound and I had the person's cock. And they had a small cock and the sound was about eight inches long. When you say small, and small, is it short or less it girthy? Was, it, was, it was short. It was, uh, it was about an inch and a half long, maybe about two inches in diameter. Okay. Maybe, maybe a little more than that. I'll give them that. We'll say three. Short we'll say out. three. <laughs> so we put it in. And what I do is I, I grab the cock with my left and I keep my two top, my thumb and my finger, my pointer finger with lube. Mm -hmm. So I can lube the sound with my dry hand. I'm lowering the sound in right? so that I can have a grip on it. Right. Right. If you're using the ones without a stop. It slips away. If you have the, lube on the hand that you're holding. Oh, why didn't I think of this? See, I'm learning new listen, things from This you. is why I've been doing this for so long, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I accidentally get the lube on my fingers, and I go to grab it. Disappears. And it goes right down the guy's dick. Oh, my God. It disappeared, right? Because he was, he was getting an erection. We started off, and it was small, and it started to grow. And I lost it down his fucking urethra. Oh, my God. So note to self. Uh, only use those <laughs> with stoppers. Now, for the record, you can get it out, right? The person just stands and you like lean forward and it slides. Gravity back pulls right? it out. Okay. <laughs> when that shit's happening in real time, ER nine one one—that's the first <laughs> shit that pops into your mind, right? We're fucked. So yeah. I lose it, and my slave is in there with me, and I'm like, I mouth to him. I go, I mouth to him. Holy fuck! I lost it. And he looks at me and he goes, what? I wave him over and he comes over. He's like, oh, my God. The brat's on the table. He's losing his mind. He has no idea. He's fucking enjoying every bit of it. So luckily, I tilt the cock slightly forward and the tip comes back out. <laughs> and I grab the sound and I'm able to take it out. I love sounding. It's oh, really gosh. a lot of fun and it's really hot. Uh, but <laughs> there's moments, man, you know. And yeah. for anyone to say they've never had a mistake or anything go wrong, it's all bullshit. I mean, we've all, we've been in scenarios where shit goes bad, where it's unexpected. Yeah. You could have prevented it. You know, there's always, there's always, there's always something. We're human, right? And yeah. that was one of those that, uh, that I like to tell because it, it, it one is a funny story, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's also legit. Like, yeah. you know, shit could go bad. Right. Yeah. And it's a real possibility, but this is a risk that you're willing to take with somebody that you trust. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's why these connections are important that we invest into them because if something goes bad, do they have your back? Mm -hmm. Right. How are we going to handle this? You know, now we have about 10 minutes left in our, in our talk today. Is there anything that we should know about you that we haven't covered already? Mm, that's tough. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Let me ask you this, because we talked a little bit about this at the beginning, about the, the, the coming together of the communities and such. I would like to know if you could speak to the leather community as, as a whole right now, what would be that message? That message would be to lose the labels, move past the way we look at each other. People before kink. Let me talk about that. Mm. So through my time in the kink community, building, hosting, networking, connecting, the, the message, the lesson that I learned through meeting all of these people is we have to put them before what they're there for. 
right? Because we are who we are before what we are what we are. Mm-hmm. And the mantra of people before kink was born about two years ago. And it's to emphasize that we have to focus on, on people. We have to see people for who they are and not approach ourselves in each other as kink dispensers, right? It's like, you know, anyone can flog. Anyone can do this and do that. But what we're looking for is, and again, this goes back to the validation and the affirmation is, if we can be seen and heard, right, we can really connect. And then our journey can be so much bigger. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to your message to the community when it comes to people before kink, what are some other concrete ways that you you could see that happening? If we ask ourselves, (laughs) it's funny because it goes back to me being the person that I didn't have for myself. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how this goes back around to this. Be the person you need. Be that person for the community that you wish you had. And this is also a lifestyle of service, right? Yes, we, we learn and, and it's, uh, it is about our journey. But one of the things I hate hearing is when I, I see people on social media talk about, well, it's not my place to teach anybody. No one's telling you to teach, but talk to them. Yeah. Find out more. Like, how are you going to pass over meeting someone because they're new to the lifestyle? Right. Motherfucker, you weren't born into this shit. Yeah. Your ass started somewhere too. What the fuck do you know? Because I'm sure this <laughs> this topic could be shifted. This perspective could be shifted real quick if we were talking about who knows what. Right? Because I, mm-hmm. I can let you feel the same way you're making this person feel. Because it's fucked up, right? We, we're here yeah. on a journey of acceptance and trying to create space for others but only as so far as it's good for you. You know, it's so funny that you say that because I was talking with somebody when I when I first got my title and someone from the in, back in the you know in the older generation, old guard, old I guess guard, you would say. <laughs> part five with <laughs> no, uh, no, and he goes, "Well, you know, when I was your age, title holders already had skills like the bondage and this and that and that and that." And I didn't say anything, but in my mind, I was like, well, I'm sorry that my experience isn't your experience. This is where I'm I at mean, today. This is, this is yeah. where I'm at. Let me have my journey. Yeah. And if I, if I just went and went to go get prescribed skills so I could be eligible to get a title, then my journey wouldn't be authentic. Yeah. It would just be because I needed to go check off some boxes. And we already know from your story, checking off boxes isn't getting you anywhere. It doesn't. It's, it's the authenticity <laughs> of your experience. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to agree and disagree with both of you. Right? And mm-hmm. this is just me personally. So, um, sure. With the title comes a responsibility. Right? Now, and this is, wow. Ooh, this is really good. Oh. <laughs> I know, we're getting deep, and we have five minutes. So I'm going to try to run through this really quick. Okay, Okay. so where you're at right now, right? Your approach to the community, as you had mentioned it to me in the beginning, wow, this is so fucking full circle. You love the camaraderie, you love the fundraising, you love the purpose on why everyone was there. 
and the social acceptance. Mm -hmm. That was different to the leather bar he was in. Mm. His bar was not fundraising. They were doing shit in the back of the bars secretly so they didn't get arrested or bashed or killed. Right? Uh, what, a, what a perspective no, change. No, listen, listen, it yeah. gets better, right? So mm -hmm. what they had to learn, they learned because that was the culture. Your culture is different. And that's okay because this is where we're at. And there's no one to blame because nothing's not right, wrong, or indifferent. It just is. Right? So these are two different leather cultures that we're that are experiencing each other because the only common thing is what we wear. Right? Well, what else? You know, the sexual liberation that they fought for isn't earned here. It's already given. Right? They had to fight for what they had. Mm -hmm. Not to say we don't fight. But the fight is a lot less of a struggle. No, that makes right? sense. So, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So do I feel a title holder should be responsible for knowing certain culture and shit like techniques and shit? Yes. Because in my mind, I'm on this side of that line. I'm in the old guard mm. of that line. But that's mm -hmm. not the culture of the bar leather scene anymore. Right? It's different. So right. I also believe... Like you said, this is your fucking journey. So who gives a fuck, right? Call yourself whatever right. you want because there's no... Because we can. Do I believe right. it is right? No. Because if you go out there and you call yourself Master fucking Master Coca-Cola and then somebody comes <laughs> and you pull up a flog and you don't know how to use it and you fuck someone up. Yeah. Right? Right, right. There was expectations on you because you chose to call yourself something you have no known history about. Or Absolutely. because of where you're at today is different than where you were, where we were. And you don't want to acknowledge it either, right? Because the old guard has its pros and its cons. Well, and, and I will let me clarify with that. I, I will say the reason why I didn't say anything is because I respected that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the, and I, I won't say that. You know, I'm not saying that it's not important to learn those skills. It was just at that moment, I was like, well, this is where I'm at in my journey. No, 100%. 100%. And, and, and it's cool because as you progress, you start to realize, you know, and then all the techniques and shit, if you're doing it as a kink dispenser, it doesn't fucking matter anyway because you're not connecting. Because you're that's not connecting. I'm, I'm just doing it yeah. because. No. That's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, just right? checking the boxes. So, but yeah, I really appreciate that perspective. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, I knew that, but when you said it just now, it clicked. Yeah, because I didn't understand that because in my mind, everyone is looking for that, but that's not what they're receiving. Yeah. So you, you right, man, right. look at that. Listen, listen, I learned five things <laughs> today. Holy shit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really appreciative for your time and for your insight yeah. and your questions, right? You really helped validate a lot of my experience, life experience, and this is, has been an incredibly meaningful conversation. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show to share your experiences with us. And Master Joshua, how can we stay connected with you and reach out? So you can find me uh, on my websites, masterjoshua.com or uh, ssdce.org, which stands for Sanctuary for Spiritual Development and Consciousness Expansion.org, uh, on social media under Master Joshua NYC, 
on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and FetLife. Awesome, awesome. And I will make sure to put links to those in the description below. Um, do you have any last words for our audience? Uh, yeah. Integrity. Define that what that means for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's and try to live it. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Right? And if you can start achieving that, things will start falling into place by themselves. But you have to ask yourself: Am I being the most honest with myself as I can be? That's it. Absolutely. And if you're not supported in an environment, if you're not in an environment that supports it, change your environment mm-hmm. and find people who will support you for who you are and not what, what, not what you are. Well, thank you so much for those words. Well, before we go, you guys, don't forget to check out the many outreach programs we have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. The LALC Cares and Boulevard Pantry are some ways that you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will have links in the description below. I would also like to invite any of you listeners out there who haven't had the chance yet to be a part of a Leather Talk Zoom party before to come and join us on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is where we live stream a portion of the podcast and have an open discussion with a guest of the show that week. All audience members must be 18 years or older and must have their camera turned on. All attendees are expected to maintain a mature and respectful attitude towards one another. These Zoom events will become less frequent as we begin to open up, and hopefully we can have some more in-person events coming up soon. You can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet, and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Thanks again for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky.